Good morning, with me today is Jordan Welch, an entrepreneur, a YouTube top creator, and we're here to talk about what he's doing, how he's doing it, and where he's going. You're listening to the Gray Market Podcast, your daily source of watch and horology news, brought to you by the experts at Luxury Bazaar. Good morning, Jordan, how are you today? I'm good, brother, how are you? Can't complain, another beautiful day at Luxury Bazaar. Welcome to our office, welcome to Philadelphia. Is this your first time here? First time here, and the office is crazy, bro. This has been a great experience so far. Yeah, yeah, we try to make the office very entertaining for anybody that does visit. We get such random visitors that, you know, when you do come in, we want it to be a fun, entertaining experience. Yeah. Um, this is your first time in Philadelphia? First time, yeah. Well, you definitely got to take the tour. I know some of the guys told you to go get a cheesesteak, go to the Rocky Steps. Yeah, I don't even eat meat, so no on a cheesesteak, but I'll go run up the I'm steps. I'm sure to have, like, you know, vegan cheesesteaks. Or, or They probably do, but isn't that a crime to eat, like, a vegan cheesesteak in yeah. Philly? Yeah, in Philly, so it's, I, a, it's a crime. You know, they're going to cancel me for that one. 100%. Uh, <laughs> let's get into some of your history, some of your past. Uh, you're 25 years old right now. Yeah. How old were you when you first started, you know, e-commerce and the whole drop shipping game and everything that got you to the point? of where you are today uh well when i started drop shipping specifically it was in 2017 uh, i was 19 years old wow. i had just graduated high school um, but prior to that i had a history of trying to do entrepreneurship uh, i started a couple different businesses in the sneaker industry i tried to start my own clothing brand uh, i was hustling different side jobs on craigslist flipping different items really trying to get money in any way that i possibly could but after I graduated high school, I didn't have that much money to my name, and my mom didn't really accept the idea of me being an entrepreneur. She's like, you gotta go, you gotta go to college. Okay. So I ended up going to college, and after my first year of college, I was fed up with it, and that's when I got into dropshipping. I got you, yeah. I had a very similar path of, you know, I love that whole grinder, hustler lifestyle. I mean, I've been doing that since I was a kid, and it sounds like you were too. Yeah. And college is not made for people like us. Yeah. Um, it's funny, like, I, I don't mean to, to talk about myself, but like when I was in college, I did like a, um, so I, was, I went to Drexel. Drexel has a program where you do six months of school, six months you work for a company. And I worked for Wyeth Pharmaceuticals, which was like, you know, a giant corporate, you know, fucking establishment. Mm -hmm. um, and a guy next to me was 25 years old. I was 18 years old or 19 years old. And he was like, you know, one day if you really work hard, you know, you could become a project manager like myself. You're gonna make $50,000 a year. It's gonna be amazing. At the time, I was already selling stuff on eBay, selling stuff online, and I was doing so much more than that. I was like, mm. fuck this. Like, I quit that day. Yeah. Um, so it sounds like you had a very similar you know, experience. Um, well, how did you get into drop shipping? How did you get into e-commerce? Or, you know, obviously you went through the, the sneaker game. Why didn't that stick? Why didn't you stick to sneakers? Well, I think it was just not understanding the principles of building a successful business. Back then, I didn't really understand this idea that to make something great, it takes time. I was really trying to do stuff and see results with it within the first six months to a year. And when it didn't pop off, I would be looking for the next thing because I always thought that the thing was the problem. Yeah. What I found, as I grew older was that the real result comes from finding one path and sticking to it. By the time I was at this point where I was out of high school and I was figuring out what I wanted to do for a business, I found out about dropshipping through different people on YouTube and I saw somebody that was pretty close to me that was doing it successfully and I thought that it could be perfect for me because of these skills that I had acquired over the years. I knew how to make videos, 
I knew how to make websites, and I had a basic understanding of the internet. There was another video uh, business that I had tried to start in the past where we were doing uh, paid advertising. Mm -hmm. So I had a little bit of understanding of that. So I just dove head first on this business because I figured it was something that would work for me. That is the perfect business to get into having all that, you know, all those skills. Those yeah. skills are perfect for e-commerce. Yeah. Um, and you know, you remind me a lot of myself at, the, at your age, um, except I got into a completely different industry. Um, you mentioned YouTube. I wanted to get your, you know, I guess your story of how you got into YouTube. I know right now you're at a significant level. I mean, 842,000 subscribers. That's that's serious. How did you achieve that? Well, before I even ever started my own business or tried to do anything entrepreneur related, I was making YouTube videos. It was always something that I wanted to do because growing up, I didn't really watch a lot of TV. I watched YouTube and I saw all these different creators. Some of them were young, some of them were in their teens. And I was really inspired by that. And I wanted to be just like them. None of the videos I ever made back then popped off or nothing ever got views but I was genuinely doing it because it was fun for me we would do skits we would do uh, basketball videos we do skateboarding videos whatever we we really wanted me and my friends in my neighborhood I was always the one coming up with the idea but they were jumping in on it and doing it with me so it's always something that I've been interested in since I was probably 12 years old it's it's always been something I wanted to do it's cool to hear the fact that you were into YouTube before you got into making money online because yeah it, it was almost the same thing imagine if you committed yourself to YouTube from, you know, that young age. I know. You would have been Mr. Beast 2.0. I, I mean, know. he started it. He was making videos every single day, you know, for years and there was nothing, you know, no money coming out of that and then suddenly popped off. You could have you could have done that. I mean, not, you're not that far away. You're only about what, 150 million yeah. <laughs> subscribers. Well, my path went the way it did and I'm grateful for it because at the end of the day, I got a new set of skills and a different lifestyle that allowed me to become this version of myself. And maybe if I would have stuck with them little funny skits, I would have been an Instagram comedian and I would have been burnt out now by 25. But because I took the time to become an entrepreneur, build my business and build myself up in that front, now we're at the leading or the cutting edge of entrepreneurship YouTube and we have one of the fastest growing channels there. It's amazing. I mean, I love the confidence. I, you know, lots of respect for what you're doing and how you're doing it. And the fact that you're not really questioning yourself, you know, oh man, I should have done this. I should have done that. What you did, you did. And it, it led to who you are today. Um, one of my favorite, you know, videos, or I guess a series of videos on your channel is when you ask millionaires what they do for a living. You knock on doors, you just, you know, go on boats or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, however you reach them. The one question I have from that whole series is, you know, what did you learn from them or is there a common theme that you were able to pick up, you know, from, I guess, just millionaires and what they do for a living? The common theme that I picked up from being around so many successful people, hmm, there's many. It's hard to just decide one. Um, I think what I've learned is that people respect persistence. So for me to get into some of these doors where I wasn't previously invited, a lot of the reason for that is because I would go for it and I would have that self-confidence to ask for it. It's a hard question, you know, because there's so many lessons I learned and it's all unique. Um, the number one lesson I would learn from being around all these people is that anything's possible. I've met entrepreneurs that are 21 years old and worth over $10 million. I met people that's 18 years old making $100,000 a month and I met 
50-year-olds that are doing big numbers as well. So all these people come from different backgrounds. Almost none of them came from a background of having a lot of money in the first place, and they've been able to build incredible things. So if there was one common thing I could say I learned from being around all these people is that anything is possible. These guys all and girls all started from a difficult situation, and they turned into greatness. And that just gives me the confidence to continue doing what I'm doing. That's amazing. I constantly wonder if like people, you know, you see a lot of wealthy, and you, you live in Miami. I mean, I lived in Miami for eight years. You see tons of money, tons of successful people over there. And the question is always, what do you do for a living? I remember one day I was walking into Starbucks. My office was right down the street. And I, you know, when I lived there, I was in the finance industry and mm-hmm. I was dressed, you know, like a million bucks. And this kid comes up to me and says, excuse me, you know, what do you do for a living? And I was like, oh my God, this kid just like asked me the question that I want to ask everybody else that I see. Yeah. Um, the fact that people do it now with like, um, uh, what's his name, Dan, why can't I remember his name? It's a couple people that do that. Uh, Daniel Mack. Daniel Mack, there you go. It's a, it's a couple people that do that. And that's the thing, it's funny when you say like, oh, I like those videos when you ask people what they do for a living. It's like, I don't really want that to go down as my, uh, the thing that everybody remembers me for, but I'm grateful for the fact that I was able to do that successfully and arguably will be one of the more successful people to do that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's something that is a question that everybody has. Yeah, I feel like that's something that everybody wants to know because they think that there might be like a shortcut. There yeah. might be an easier way. Oh, that guy is young and wealthy. How can I do the same thing that he does? Yeah. So I always wonder if it's like, you know, so, you know, again, typically when I would talk to wealthier people, um, a lot of more like these older Russian men and like they would sit at Starbucks all day long, you know, smoking cigars. Mm. Their, you know, half a million dollar cars are sitting out, parked out front. And when you talk to them, they're like, oh, what do you do? Uh, telecommunications. The fuck does that mean? <laughs> like, what do you sell cell phones? Like, <laughs> you know, I have no idea what that means, but they would always use very vague terms, you know, like real estate. Yeah. Okay? Investing. I mean, yeah. Uh, some of the richest people we've ever spoken to, they say, what do you do for a living? We say, investing. It's and like, what? <laughs> Can I invest too? Yeah. Like, you know, it's, it's, sometimes it sounds fake. There's no secret job. There's no secret occupation that you're going to go into and it's going to make you a multi-billionaire. It really comes down to picking something that's true to your values and sticking with that until it works. So think about it like this. If you were a 20-year-old kid today, you know, whether you're in college or you just dropped out, based on what you've learned you know, from talking to these millionaires or being around millionaires, just being around successful people, what would you recommend they do? Yeah, so if I had to go back to starting my journey, I would understand that the first thing that you need to understand is what type of person are you and what type of entrepreneur are you? If you go and try to start a business that you saw somebody else do just because it worked for them, it's almost guaranteed to fail. You have to ask yourself, what skills do I have to provide to the world? What do I love to do? Why do I want to do this? And make your decision based off of that. That is going to lead you to the path that's going to be the most successful for you. That's how I feel about YouTube. The reason why I end up doing YouTube and did it successfully is because I did it as a kid and it's truly a passion of mine. When I make my videos, I get that childlike energy and that love that I had from way back in the day. When I try to do other things that are business related, even like studying about investing and and learning about stocks and all these other things that I need to be doing and I do them, it's not as fun for me, you know? So when I learned what I really love to do and I stuck with that until it worked is when I really have my breakthrough. So that's the question that you need to ask yourself. It's not, what's the best business? What's the best niche? What's the best book to read? It's more like, what do I like to do and what can I provide to the world? You know, I wonder like, so I, I again, I'm, I'm a little bit older than you and I've done a bunch of different businesses and I've sold a bunch of different businesses and I had agencies and I had all that stuff. And if today I wanted to get into something, I can honestly tell you I have no idea what it is. Mm-hmm. I, you know, like, what are you good at? 
good at a lot of things. You yeah. know, what do I want to do that makes me happy? You know, ultimately just be independently wealthy. You know, mm -hmm. working is not. If you don't have to do stuff for a living, then it's a lot more. You know, it's a lot more fun. You know, just think about it. If you are creating content just for the sake of creating content, then you don't care. There's no rules. There is no, oh, crap, I got to mention this sponsor. Oh, crap, I can't be over this, you know, amount of time because, you know, our, my viewership will drop. If you just do it for fun, it's a different story. And I think that people need to kind of figure out what what they enjoy, you know. And, and like you just said, like what, you know, what type of person you are, what you want to do. It's still a very vague, you know, situation. Like take any random person just be like, okay, what do you like to do? I don't know, you know, I like to be on Instagram. Okay, I mean, I guess that could be a start. Mm -hmm. Like, why don't you become an influencer? Why don't you start posting content? Huh, I guess I just answered <laughs> my own question there. It's, it, look, if you don't know what you like to do, then you need to start doing stuff. <laughs> okay, <laughs> And you good. will learn and you will figure out what you like to do. Um, I did YouTube on this channel that I have today and I started in 2017 and sure, I enjoyed it and I was posting three videos a week, but at a certain point it stopped growing and I started hating it again. So then I went back to the drawing board and I started doing other things. I started another Shopify store. I started a software business. I did all these different events all across Los Angeles. I did speaking, I did mentorship. I tried five different businesses before ultimately I found myself back at this thing that I wanted to do before I had money. So it's like, you're gonna have to try stuff so you can find what you love to do. You're not gonna think your way into it. That's super funny, the fact that you had to do like this entire circle to get back to where you were. Yeah. But yeah, uh, I guess you wouldn't know it if you didn't try all these things. Yeah. Um, you didn't mention Shopify. I know that you recently sold one of your businesses. Are you able to talk about what it was and what your exit was like? The business I can be fully transparent about because I was transparent. I documented the entire journey of building the business on my YouTube channel pretty much from day one. Um, I shared when we got our first sales, when we had our first profitable month, all the way up until I sold the business. Um, the business was called Sleep Band. We created these headphones designed for sleeping, and it was one of my most successful products to date. We sold just under $2 million of this product in under two years. That's amazing. Yeah. And you just sold it. Can you talk about how much you sold it for? No, we sold it in August. Uh, it was a pretty successful sale, but part of our agreement was confidentiality on the amount of the sale. He knew who I was when he bought the business from me, and he's still interested in growing it and maybe trying to flip it himself. So Amazing. Yeah. Are you still a part of it at all? Um, for the first three months, I was there to give him consulting and answer his questions, but now I'm not, I'm not involved in it anymore. Got you. And about the, the whole speaking mentoring program, I know you were associated with underground earners. Is that still a thing? No, it's not. That was one of my first projects that I did when I lived in Los Angeles. Basically, we would rent out these gigantic houses and we would get these entrepreneurs from all around the world to come in and speak at our event. And it was something that I was really passionate about. I like hosting people. I like having that experience of giving game and educating people. But that business was one of the most stressful ones that I ever ran with the lowest profit margin of them all. Really? Why? What, what was the stress? Um, I mean, I was facilitating the travel for all these people, making sure they got there. I was selling the tickets for the event. I was setting up the event and getting the tables and getting the caterer. And it was just all this effort just for one night. And then when we finally get to the end and we get to break bread on it, it's not that much left over. But the biggest thing is that the people that attended that 
event four years ago still reach out to me to this day saying how it impacted them and how it changed their life. So as I continue down my life later on, I would see myself doing events again in the future because I do like them. That's pretty amazing, uh, being able to affect people, especially for, for that long. Like, I think what would kill me would be like one bad review. If like one person that attended would have been like, yeah, that was kind of useless. That would, I would, that would fucking kill me. I wouldn't be able to do it again. Yeah, me too. And that's why I put such an emphasis on making it the highest quality experience because people were spending around $5,000 per ticket to come to this event. Wow, that's yeah. amazing. I always a fan of like people that organize these things and talk of these things. Um, yeah, I, I've never actually attended one myself, but I, I'm a big fan of that whole situation. There's a funny story about the Underground Earners event. So we had did it in Bel Air mm -hmm. in an Airbnb, this gigantic Airbnb, and I had booked the house. And I told the guy, hey, I was booking the house. Me and my buddies are coming over. We're just going to hang out there, do nothing crazy. And of course, we had a full-scale event there. So within two hours of me checking in, we had two trucks back up with tables, chairs, a chef. Um, they literally put gigantic tables like this all throughout the house we moved all the furniture into the garage and the guy sees it on the camera and he calls me and he's like what are you doing to my house and I was like oh um, we're just doing an event like it's gonna go by in like just a day and we'll move on he's like no you can't do this I'm gonna make sure that you guys can't do this so I hung up on him and then we continued doing the event and we successfully hosted the event we cleaned up everything, and then at the end of it all, the guy came over. He was not very happy, but I talked to him. He saw his house was in perfect condition, and we got five stars on Airbnb still to this day. Beautiful, that's amazing, <laughs> wow. That's, yeah, I, I can imagine like seeing, looking at my house cameras and seeing like all this shit going down. Yeah, we, we, we flipped the whole house, but that's it was wild. fun, it was fun. I'm happy that it went well. Yeah. Where do you see yourself five years from now? Well, I really like what I'm doing on YouTube, and I found myself now really finding love for spending time with other entrepreneurs around the world. I think if I take that show of meeting with successful entrepreneurs, I could do that around the planet. We can go to different continents. We can go to places that people don't even know they're successful people at. I also see myself sticking in this world of business. As much as I love doing YouTube, the big foundation behind my YouTube is me being an entrepreneur. At the moment, I have a software company, and that's my only company that I run. Um, after I sell that, I'm not sure what's next for me. I find myself not being one to look too far ahead and just focus on what's in front of me right now and trying to do that at the highest level possible. So I can't predict where I'll be in five years. Five years from where I was uh, today, I couldn't predict myself being right here sitting with you. So it's not something that I've ever focused too much on. I found that as long as you give your best effort every single day, you actually might be downplaying yourself by trying to estimate where you'll be at in five years. You actually could have been way less Correct. You could have undershot your goal. Yeah. Um, that's really actually very interesting to hear. It's really cool to see that, that sort of outlook because typically when I ask this question, people are like, oh, numerous locations, you know, $100 million in sales, blah, blah, blah. Like, and maybe I should yeah. be like that. I don't know. But what's worked for me is as I described to you today. I mean, so. I kind of like your outlook. Like maybe $100 million in sales is too low. Yeah. Maybe you'd be at $200 million of sales if that was the goal. Yeah. You know, so Roman constantly says, you know, have like big goals and take small steps to achieve them. Yeah. Um, I'm not really a gold guy, a goal guy. Like I don't actually have a goal. I don't have a number. I don't have like, you know, I ultimately, I guess the, the ultimate goal is to be happy doing what you love. Funny story about goals is that last year I had set a goal for myself to accomplish 750,000 subscribers on my channel. On December 31st at around 10 p.m., I hit 750,000 subscribers. 
What if I said 1,750,000 subscribers? Do you think I would have pushed and made my actions more in line to accomplish that goal? That can be the only problem with goal setting is that sometimes we set them a little too small and we end up right there, but yeah. we could have actually doubled that and we could have accomplished that one instead. So, so maybe the, the lesson here is whatever your goal is, double it. Yeah. You know, triple it. Go for like the bigger number that you know or that you believe is not achievable and see how well you do with that. Yeah. Well, Jordan, it's been really a pleasure to have you here. I think that our viewers, our listeners really can learn a lot from just seeing your journey, seeing the content that you put out. I'm a big fan of it. I know that you did a couple episodes with some people that we know and, and I love, you know, watching it. And that's actually how I got into your content. But then I went back and I just watched a bunch of different stuff that you did. And it's awesome. It really is. So congratulations on all the success. And I can't wait to see what you're going to be doing next. I'm sure it's going to be amazing. Yeah, thanks, man. It's not just me. It's my boy, Teo, too. He does all the videos with me. So they're, not, they're not possible without him. But I appreciate the support, bro, for real. Of course. Nothing happens without a team. That's so. right. I thank you again for being here. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening to this, if you're watching this, make sure to show us some love, like, comment, subscribe, write a review on the podcast. Let us know that you like us doing this, and we'll continue doing this every single day. Take care. All right. See you.